In episode 66, we open with a loaded say what battle. We uplift our spirits with an amen battle. Don will lead us in a discussion on aliens and UFOs from a biblical worldview. And Kenny is a special host for trivia. And Ryan will close us out in Fix Your Eyes. Six in the Mix, a band of brothers talking faith. But we pray to a God uh, who has all power, uh, who is in sovereign control of all events. Fix your eyes, fix your thoughts on Jesus. Family and my dad, I think, enjoyed that more than than any of us put together. But every time we'd get around Thanksgiving, he, he would name all of, all of our friends, you know, by name. And uh, it just, it was, that was a great, that was a great time. Sports. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Brett Favre pass. And I'm going to say that one is probably the most perplexing. Would have taken us to the Super Bowl, right? That was the NFC Championship. That's correct. Yeah. So yep. yeah, just like the, the Falcons, Gary Anderson miss. It's just unfortunate. In politics. I was supremely disappointed with the Supreme Court's decision of the healthcare. Join us on our journey. Again, we welcome you to episode 66 of Six in the Mix. Uh, as a reminder, please drop comments and topic suggestions on our Facebook page, Six in the Mix Podcast. You can find our videos there on Facebook and also on Rumble. Uh, you can also listen to audio only wherever you listen to podcasts there. And again, please share with family and friends who need a laugh and need to be encouraged to pursue Christ. So, all right, guys. It feels it feels like we just did this two uh, two days ago, like episode sixty five. We're back into the two week routine. That's exciting. Uh, but as as we look at the say what battle, it has been well over two months since we've done a say what battle, and I have got content galore. And I was like trying to fit it into the normal, you know, <laughs> five to seven minute range, and there was just too much good stuff. So. A uh, little bit of homework for you and the listeners. You need something to take notes with because you're not going to be able to adequately remember everything. It's a little bit longer segment, but there was some good stuff. There's stuff we've got to take a look at and a listen to from a biblical worldview, too, from a say what side. So, yeah, there'll be some funny stuff, but there's some pretty serious stuff going on uh, that we need to listen to. So I want you to take some notes and I don't know, maybe you have your top two, uh, but uh, we are we are plumb full ready to go uh with say what any any questions before we head into it yes i have a question okay uh, is say what a lot longer than the amen battle yeah yeah all right and should we podcast hosts be taking notes like the audience or is just the audience supposed to take notes because i no, i had a no. homework assignment i didn't do very well so i want to make sure i get this one right <laughs> I'm encouraging you, uh, the guys in the podcast, to uh, to take notes. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, because okay. we don't we don't we don't have our listeners share their top one or two. I mean, we we welcome them if they did, but that's not required. You, okay. I'm going to ask you what you think. So perfect. Got it. Thank yeah. you. All right. So we had a false start, five yard penalty on episode 66. <laughs> say what? Thought it was more a rhetorical question, but Ryan took it seriously. I'm muting. <laughs> I'm muting Ryan's mic now. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, <laughs> now that we're all geared up and ready to go, uh, say what? Episode 66. What? Sidewalk! Simply put, 
The 21st century, 21st century results are badly needed. They're needed. Now, even as we evolve our institutions and drive creative new partnerships, now, even as we work together with China on issues where progress hinges on our common efforts, nowhere is that more critical than accelerating the climate crisis, than, than the accelerating climate crisis. For one day, for one day, my administration, the United States, has treated this crisis as an existential threat from the moment we took office. For one day. The Secret Service is paying $16,000 a month now to stage near Hunter Biden in Malibu. Who's paying for that? That's a question for the Secret Service. Okay, Hunter Biden is reportedly selling art to pay for his $15,800 a month rent in Malibu. How can you guarantee that people are not going to be buying this art to gain favor with the president? That is a question for Hunter Biden and his representatives. It's, it's a question I, I know. Of, I hear. Of I hear. At the White House. We know I hear your question. One of the art got a job from the Biden administration. Can you guarantee that there is I no hear, quid pro quo? I hear your question. I'm not going to get involved in this. That is a question for Hunter Biden's representatives. So, but we know that uh, from a Hunter Biden associate now that he sold the appearance of access to then Vice President Biden. Are you confident that he has stopped doing that? That is a question for Hunter Biden. If somebody is selling the appearance of access that is, to the White House, that, that is, is a question for the White House. No, that is that is your uh, your I don't know how you're perceiving that. that. Yeah, well, you know that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Sworn <laughs> testimony by Devin Archer. He said, "I am just not, Peter. I'm just not going to get into this. I'm just not." So. This testimony, since the last time that I was in here, uh, Devin Archer talks about how he and Hunter Biden tried to profit off the Biden brand. What is the Biden brand? I'm not going to get into it from here. I'm not going to get into it from here. We're going to move on. Six! You got it! <laughs> the price is wrong, <laughs> Yesterday. What the hell? You know, uh, they're fake. What? Don't say that! We have strength on our side. We have competency on our side. What we are doing is popular with the American people. We are going to win. And I'm going to also say this. 
We are going to win because we love our country. I will tell you, I love this Gen Z generation. I, they are so spectacular. They have actually coined a term, climate anxiety, to describe how they feel in a very personal, lived experience way about what this climate crisis means, not just theoretically and academically, but to them. Climate anxiety, the fear that they have that they perhaps should not have children, the fear that they have that maybe they should never have an aspiration to own a home because it could be destroyed by extreme weather. Okay. They are so spectacular. Parents affirm their children. They have since the dawn of time. Typically, it happens when their um, gender identity expression matches their biological gender. But what happens is when it doesn't, that's when the affirmation starts to wane. And that's what we're dealing with here. Although it's called the TGI bill, they're not mentioned anywhere in the law. What's mentioned in the law is the child's gender identity and expression and the parent's affirmation of that, whatever it is, because that is our duty as parents to affirm our children. To build a world that is safer for all of our children. Something that today of all days we're reminded of is not a given. Because through this military base is located on ground zero, isn't, we know the distance did not dull or diminish. What did you say? We're reminded of is not a given. Because through this military base is located on ground zero, isn't because through this military base is located on ground zero, isn't because through this military base is located on ground zero, isn't we know the distance did not dull or diminish the pain we felt all across the nation of September 11th. Are you okay? Mm, I'm fine. I just uh, threw up in my mouth a little bit. What about people who say things like, on October the 7th, F Israel, I'm cleaning up the language here, F Israel, the government and its military, are you ready for your downfall? People who say things like F Israel and any Jew who supports Israel. May your conscience haunt your dreams until your last breath. Palestine will be free one day. F apartheid Israel and is any Israeli. What, this is pretty extreme rhetoric, don't you think? Senator, um, I do, and I think there is a distinction between espousing or endorsing terrorist ideology and uh, speech uh, that is uh, odious, that does not rise to that um, level. Fair enough. This person works for you. This is Nuja Ali, an employee of the Department of Homeland Security, who posted these comments on October the 7th. That's not all she posted. She also posted this graphic. 
Now, this is a fake graphic, I want to be clear, but I think we understand it. This is a paraglider, a Hamas paraglider, depicted here with a machine gun flying into Israel. She posted it under her online alias with the celebratory Free Palestine. Mr. Secretary, what, what's going on here? Is this, is this typical of, of people who work at DHS? This is an asylum and immigration officer who is posting these, frankly, pro-genocidal slogans and images on the day that Israelis are being slaughtered in their beds. What have you done about this? Four things I'd like to say to you. Number one, your question to suggest that it, that is emblematic of the men and women of the Department of Homeland Security is despicable. Number I'm sorry, two, what have you This person works for the Department of Homeland Security. Have you fired her? That was one of four answers. Have you fired her? One. Have you fired her? Don't come to this hearing room when Israel has been invaded and Jewish students are barricaded in libraries in this country and cannot be escorted out because they are threatened for their lives, you have employees who are celebrating genocide and you are saying it's despicable for me to ask the question? Has she been fired? Mr. Chairman. Mr. Secretary. After um, the consumption of Senator Hawley's time, I'd like to speak. Has she been fired? Because I will we not would like be, an answer. Would you? Because I will not be given the opportunity. Has she been fired? So uh, that individual has been placed on administrative leave. So she's one. not been fired. Number two. Number Why has two, she not been fired? Number two, the individual was hired in 2019. Why has she not been number fired? Number three, I cannot speak to an ongoing personnel matter. Why, why has this person not been fired? Your answer is you can't speak to it? This isn't sufficient to fire her? I am not in a position to speak to an ongoing personnel matter. This that, isn't sufficient to fire her? That's what you're telling me? That is not what I'm saying. But she's still on your payroll as that, we sit here today. That is not what I'm saying. She's still on your payroll as we sit here today. Senator? How many cases? She was an asylum and immigration officer. How many cases did she adjudicate? Senator, I'm not in a position to speak about an ongoing person. I'm not asking about that. I'm asking you how many cases she adjudicated. My uh, answer remains. Did she adjudicate any cases involving Israelis seeking asylum in this country? Same answer. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? We were talking to some Democratic donors, mm -hmm. and they have told us that should something befall President Biden, and he is not able to run, mm -hmm. that there would be a free-for-all for who would run. You are in the spot that that would be unnatural for you to step up. But we're hearing from donors that they would not naturally fall into line. Well, first of all, I'm not going to engage in that hypothetical because Joe Biden is very much alive. <laughs> And this is, if it does not work, this is a great opportunity to show you how our students have to troubleshoot things. You sure about that? You know, uh, years ago I asked the Secretary of State, would he and I were working in the Senate to write something for a man? He said, uh, he wrote a line that uh, I think is appropriate. He said, uh, it's not, we need, uh, not just, uh, well, I won't go into it, I'll wait later. 
taking too much time. It's probably the longest say what battle thus far, but uh, yeah, there's just too much good stuff in the last couple of months to not try to share uh, across, you know, a representation, a representative sample of the lunacy that uh, is being said. So what, uh, what are you, what are some of your thoughts? What are your, some of your top choices? Okay. Hey, I can, I can start. Um, First off, I mean, Matt, that's phenomenal. I mean, some of those little uh, movie clips and uh, <laughs> just a little little stuff like Seinfeld and stuff is hilarious. So great job on putting that together. I think I think we could speak to I could speak to every single one of these. Like it is just it's unbelievable. But um, I do want to speak to two really quick, uh, hopefully quick here. But that one, that last one, or not the last one, but the one is it Senator, Senator Holly? Is that what his name yep. is? Yep, Josh Holly. Um, yep. That guy I've seen, I watched that clip last week and it was just, just mind blowing to me. And this is, again, this is what's wrong with America and corporations and our politics is you can't get rid of people when, when they commit a fireable offense, the, you just can't get rid of them. And so they're put on administrative leave and we're looking into it. And it's like, there's nothing to look into like any, any sort of, um, whatever behavior that you're okay with genocide it doesn't matter who's at fault or what you feel about the situation happening there's human lives at stake here and and to promote that this person should be gone without question so that's that's my opinion on that i'm sure some of you guys might have a few comments on that too but i want to say one quick thing also about california um you know i i i, I don't remember if yeah i i saw that one a few weeks ago as well and it's just so sad what they're doing out there. And, you know, the, the scary thing is, is it going to trickle, you know, to the rest of the state, you know, eventually? Because a lot of stuff does. And to villainize parents, if they don't affirm their children's belief that there's something that they're not, when the only reason they believe that is because the school is indoctrinating them, it's just a vicious, vicious cycle that they're doing out there. And I really, I pray to God that people are fleeing that state. I mean, I know they are, but I hope it's even more than we know. Uh, but I'll, I'll leave it with that. But those, those two really stood out um, to me. But like I said, they really, they all did. This is uh, fantastic. Jeremy, what do you think? Well, <clears throat> I, I wanted to put the interview with uh, Holly and Mayorkas in the Amen battle and Amen you know, you're right. And, and yeah. I mean, I, that, that's what yeah. was going through my mind with that. So yeah, Kenny, I I'm with you that, that exchange. And I'm so glad that he didn't give up on it and didn't just lay down and let my give his four things, which by the way, he only gave three, but you know, that's beside the point. Um, the one I'm going to choose is uh, our, our vice president, not the one where she was asked about, you know, the donors in the vice presidency and becoming president. Uh, but but the one where she talks about the fact that, you know, uh, you know, our our climate is so awful and they're they're thinking that climate anxiety and all these things and that, you know, people aren't having children and they're not having homes. Well, why are they really thinking that is because we have no economy and no freedoms that are here in our country. That all is being taken out, but we're going to pin it on some climate, you know, uh, junk that that 
you know, they, they, they just want to keep pumping because that's the only well that they have. And it's just crazy. I mean, when you start to actually think about life and you're putting things on the cloud, I mean, it just, it makes no sense to me. And I, I just, I'm constantly befuddled and befound in just completely confused about this climate stuff that's going on. It, it just makes no sense to me at all at all so uh, she wins my uh, say what battle ryan what say you yes thank you matt i agree with kenny a uh, uh, stellar stellar uh I, I was taking notes like crazy so i'm just kind of filing <laughs> through i do want to give you a shout out anytime i see the count from sesame street that's that's always a great thing to see so thank you for putting the count in there um <laughs> i i i certainly enjoyed and i i did watch that uh josh hawley uh, mayorkas confrontation myself about two days ago so it's it's fresh on my mind and it was really interesting and, and matt maybe you saw this if you watched the whole thing but um, at the end, when they gave Mayorkas time to talk without Holly uh, interrupting him, he said, my parents are Holocaust survivors. And um, so that was kind of an unexpected twist. But right. I, I find it really interesting that, um, you know, Kenny was saying this earlier. We live in a society where it seems like if you're on the politically correct side of things, you can get away with saying anything. If you're not on the politically correct side of anything, the slightest infraction can get you fired. So it's it's such an upside down world we live in at times. Um, I remember while we were going through the chaos of COVID in 2020, you know, we had the George Floyd, there was just so much tension in the air. And, um, you know, I think our, one of our leaders encourage us just be best to stay off social media. You know, just in other words, you could, you could post something that could cost you and um, just try to balance out free speech. And um, I don't know. And being able to do that equally is, is a challenging thing. I, I, I'm not, I'm not condoning what this employee under my did. Obviously I, I think she needs to be canned, but uh, the last three or four years, it's been interesting. So I'm going to actually, having said all that, I'm going to choose two and I'm going to choose the first thing you shared with our president. Um, something about set results in the 21st century results. I, I didn't understand anything. And this is the say what, <laughs> the say what battle. So that, that I had to say what to. And then, uh, well, but he, but Ryan, Ryan, he was speaking at the UN, which is a nonsensical <laughs> so, organization, so he, anyway. Yeah. So I think he was matching the message with where he was at, yeah, and right, who he okay. was speaking to. So maybe that's that excuses him. Yeah, right. yeah. So they understood him completely. In other words, so that's fine. Correct. Uh, audience makes makes the difference. And then the other one is one uh, that was previously mentioned as well. And I have to say what when that lady comes out that rep in California says our duty is to affirm our children. Mm. I don't think that is our duty. If we're looking at it from a biblical worldview, our duty is to um, train them up um, in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. Uh, fathers don't provoke your children to wrath, raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I think those are our charges. 
uh, not to affirm them. And I think Kenny was spot on when he said this is all being generated by our public school system who are empowering these kids to think uh, irrational thoughts that don't match reality. And so it's it just it's just sad. And I California typically is said to lead us. They're like our future. Where, where's our future? It's currently California. So let's hope and pray that the Lord uh, is gracious and puts puts an end to the uh, trendiness that has been California. Hmm. Yep. Well, I can't. I can't just pinpoint one. I think, uh, yeah, the whole reel was just a gigantic exercise in futility because this demonstrates to me what's going on. And that is this giant dumpster fire that is occurring right now in this experiment we call America. Mm-hmm. I just, there's only three reasons I can come up with off the top of my head sitting here just now that just uh, popped into my head. There's three reasons why America is still around. One, by the grace of God. Two, uh, well, I'm Kamala Harris. She's just too too darn fun to keep i mean she's 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 so much fun i think i think the leaders around uh, the nations are like yeah we can't really go after america kamala harris is there she's so much she's so hilarious who are we gonna have to laugh at um and number three i think the reason why we're still around is uh because we've got over 100 million americans with weapons in their home <laughs> <laughs> they don't stand a chance against us that's the only reason why we're we're still around uh yeah i just this this is is absolutely insane insane to me that uh that that all those clips are real that all those clips happened and uh and yet we're still uh alive and ticking here in in the us of a <laughs> that's the best i can do I'm going to give you the Mayorkas fourth reason why the <laughs> why the U.S. is still around. Links back to our episode 65. I think it's because our support of Israel too. I, I think there is something too. I think um, there's there's something to that uh, as well. Um, doesn't absolve us of all our wrongs, but but yeah, it was it was it was it was certainly interesting. I thought the assumption that the gal from California made from the dawn of time we have affirmed our children without any i mean just just a we're just going to throw that out there and that's just going to be assumed really we 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 made that assumption because that's that's all they want let me paint this with this broad brush and so then don't even challenge my thought process on that no i well, like ryan you said it's we're, we're given plenty of times where the parents are supposed to direct and guide and discipline children so they go the right way um if we affirm their sinfulness then guess what they're going to probably continue to walk in this sinful way. And the consequences of those are, are, are not good. Um, and I, I wanted to play, I mean, the Holly exchange, you know, I was thinking about playing even more, but I wanted to play a more extended section. Cause you just, the relentless, you know, political correctness of this, this head of the Homeland security who is catastrophically failing at the Southern border at another recent, uh person i said this i think six million people have crossed in this biden administration six million have crossed in under his watch terrorists and 
it's just craziness. They have no idea what's going on. And yet he's focused relentlessly on let's follow the rule of law with this person who said this horrific stuff. And she's making decisions on who comes into the country and out of the country. Where, how do you even hire her? Like they, she didn't just start making those comments on October 7th, right? This is this is who she's been and grown up in, you know, through the educational system. I don't know if she was here or not, but probably she went to some type of college here, university here, and got that nonsense drilled into her as well. Um, and you can see all the craziness going on in the colleges. And so I think it's just uh it's just crazy what's going on. And Biden is is a, is a house plant. Um, he doesn't even know really what's going on. He's just a figurehead, and they're going to try to roll him and and uh, Kamal out for another. It's just it's unbelievable. I can't I can't it can't even make sense of it. I, it does. You just shake your head. It's so crazy. But uh, hopefully, that gets us caught up. I uh, again, if that was too long, then I uh, then uh, I apologize to the listeners. But it was just, for me. I was just going through. I said I can't cut any of these. I cut some other ones that I didn't put in there, but I said, I think we had to take a look at it. So hopefully it should encourage us to pray for sure. So amen to that. I've got to ask you though, one of the best clips I saw in the last couple of weeks, I wondered if it got cut from your segment. It wasn't as much talking though, but it makes you say what, and that was that, did you all see that clip of uh, Gavin Newsom playing basketball in California? Yes. Well, I don't think it was in, was it California? Or was it was in China, China, China. It Sorry. was China. China. Yeah, he tackled the kid. Yeah, yeah. I, it's yeah. funny. No, I didn't. I didn't. I I probably should have. It, it's just there's so many going on. It's hard to yeah. keep track of it. Yeah. And then he like hugs him for like twenty he seconds him and on the ground. Him. <laughs> you just you can't make it up. You can't make it up. <laughs> I that was that was again not a verbal say what like I don't understand what they're saying but like yeah. what is going on here since when a does he play basketball b why does he play basketball in China why is he doing a reverse move and then wiping out a little kid and then picking him up hugging him and spank I mean the whole thing was just a it was a debacle well stay tuned for say what episode 67 that may that may need to be brought up yeah that was good yeah I yeah yeah, it's kind of crazy, kind of crazy. All righty. Well, we'll turn our attention from the craziness of the world to our amen battle. Uh, we're going to focus today on the ministry and preaching of Tim Keller. So Tim Keller is a Presbyterian brother uh, who had a church in New York. Um, and uh, if you if you if you've not been familiar with Tim Keller, I think you might you know once once you listen to him, you'll you you might recall hearing his voice. Uh, but just a really solid communicator. God used him mightily. And um, so our amen battle uh, in the 66th episode is going to focus on uh, the preaching of Tim, Tim Keller. So here we go. And that is that Jesus is central. See, in other religions, besides Christianity, the central thing, the most important thing, is the way. What do you mean by the way? Well, you know, how do you find God? How do you get a relationship with God or with the divine? So here, one religion says, here's the five pillars. And here's another religion that says, here's the four noble truths and the eightfold path. So the point is, the way matters. And the way matters more than the teacher who brought the way. Why? Why? Because the basis for salvation is something you do. 
And if the basis of salvation is something you do with your effort, then the way of salvation is more important than the teacher who brought it. And there's a certain amount of detachment. The way will work for you, whether you know the teacher or not. But that's not how Christianity works. Oh, that's not how Christianity works at all. In John chapter 14, there's a place where Jesus is told, somebody says to him, well, Master, you, you know the way. And Jesus says, I am the way. When God speaks, it happens. God's word is a power. It's not like God's word is not like our word. We say something, but then we have to do it. God's word is his active power. And when you hear God speaking to you in his word, when you study his word, when you hear his voice to you in his word, that is his power coming into your life. That is his reality coming into your life. If you want to make sure your prayer life is meaningful, you need to be deep into the word of God. When you study the Word of God, God is speaking to you, and then you respond in prayer. Psalm 39 ends with the psalmist saying, Turn your face away from me, God, so I can get a little bit of peace before I die. So Psalm 39 and Psalm 88 end with this uh, despair and this anger toward God, and it just ends that way. And I always did, I never knew what to do with these prayers. I just sort of, sort of skipped over them really quickly. But many years ago, I read uh, just two, two sentences in a little commentary by Derek Kidner. Talking about these prayers, he said something that just went through me like a shaft. It changed my life. Not only toward these prayers, but it changed my life in understanding how to handle darkness. And this is what he said, quote, the very presence of these prayers in scripture is a witness to God's understanding. God knows how men speak when they are desperate. Real change happens when your loves are reordered. So if you're saying, for example, I need to stop A. I do A and I do B and I need to stop A and B. But if you love A and B, more than you love God, you will go back to A and B. It doesn't matter how much accountability there is. It doesn't matter uh, the consequences. It doesn't matter how much you try to exert your willpower. The problem is, unless you come to love God more than you love A and B, you'll keep going back to A and B. Well, now, how do you change your loves? Prayer. Donald Graham Barnhouse was a Presbyterian minister in Philadelphia, and uh, he was uh, either on his way driving his, his, his kids to or on their way from the funeral of their mother, his wife. And the youngest of the children who was in the car, you know, he was trying to help. And at one point he looked up and he said, do you see that truck? Do you see the shadow of that truck? Would you rather be hit by the truck or by the shadow? And the youngest kid said, by the shadow. And Donald Gray Barnhouse said, because Jesus was hit by the truck of death, your mother only had to go through the shadow of it. The sting of death is sin. And the poison went into Jesus. And that's the reason why George Herbert can say, death used to be an executioner, but because of the gospel, it's only a gardener.
How can you come to grips with someone who has given himself utterly for you without you giving yourself utterly for him? He gave himself wholly for you, so now we must give ourselves wholly to him. So I don't know how familiar you were you are with Tim Keller. I, I've uh, listened to him for a while, but yeah, he actually passed away back in May uh, due to due to cancer. Uh, but he was he was well used in the church, and uh, his books and his preaching still will um, reverberate for a long time. I think within Christendom. So, is there any ones that uh, stuck out to you that you want to want to highlight? I really like that first clip he had. The first clip he played there. The uh, when he talks about how he says the way matters and then answers with Jesus is the way. Um, and I think that is, you know, just the, uh, the amazing message of the gospel of Christ, right? I mean, it's, it's only through him we are able to, to have eternal life. It's only through him that, that, uh, he can, we have that, um, opportunity to know him. And, uh, it's just, a uh, I was just, I thought that was just really well put. I love that. Yeah, I'll jump in too, Don. I, I, I would agree. Um, and since you, you brought that one up, I'll just, I'll just say the other one where, um, you know, he was talking about, he was talking about prayer or um, excuse me, the, the two loves, you know, I love A, I love B and how do you get, how do you get out of that? And that um, part of that is is your prayer life. I think I think, you know, being in God's Word also is very much so part of that too. Um, but I appreciate the fact that He draws attention to prayer um, as being an absolute ne necessary part of that. Oftentimes we try to go to Scripture and just do that, but we forget to talk to God. You know, we're just looking for a, a scripted answer, um, but actually having conversation with our Lord. Um, can change and does change our loves for for away from sin and towards him and so i really appreciated that thought too so i'll uh i'll hop in here because I, I i gotta piggyback on both don and jeremy here but i will say that um the the story of when they were on the way to the mom's funeral that was kind of that was a cool little story of <laughs> a cool cool picture of uh of what you know Jesus did for us and you know taking that poison and so that was super cool but I will say you know when I when I used to work with people you know now I'm fully remote but we used to you know we go out to eat with all these co-workers and I can't tell you how many casual conversations you know sometimes they'd get a little bit deep and it was always about I hope I've done enough you just have just have to hope you've done enough um, you know, to, to get your, you know, to get to heaven or to get to where you need to be. And, you know, so that God accepts you. And it's like, man, it's like, we, we, we rely on our, ourselves. We, we have no chance, <laughs> you know, which into the, the one that Jeremy talked about, the other one that I, that I highlighted myself is, I mean, our loves, you know, love, you love AB and then you say you love God. And you, you, know, you you turn back and you you know you 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 uh, confess your sin and and then what happens you know you you go right back to A and B because they're just there's such there's such a draw of those things you know and, and what's the answer and there is an answer and we have to commit to it and that's that's the hard part so I thought that was uh, that was really compelling. 
Yeah, I know it's already been mentioned a couple times, but I'm, I'm going to go with the first clip as well, because I uh, have worked on a devotional for the end of the podcast tonight, and that, that goes a lot in line with what I'm going to have to share later, which hopefully will point us to Jesus Christ. So that's that's all I'll say about that. Yeah, I got, I got a chance to to listen to Tim Keller. He came to one of the Desiring God conferences back in Minneapolis good night my 0506 and i got to hear him live for the first time and you know obviously not the most uh you know maybe dynamic or tells all the funny stories but man you just you just listen to him he just has a he just has a uh an authenticity that he shares in a in a well thought out um you know message that he that he shared in the, and i think a couple points at times you know that I was really encouraged by the fact that he is, um, you know, he, he reading other books and commentaries, trying to understand the Bible. And I think that's a good encouraging challengement, at least for me, because I don't, I typically don't spend a lot of time reading other books and I know that I need to, because I think there's wisdom in uh, what other people have written and, and said, and then obviously in the fellowship as well. And I think uh, he's a very well-read uh, or was a very well-read uh, pastor um, and books that he's written to. He, he, uh, he mentioned there was a book on um, John Owner. I'm forgetting the name of it, but John Owen was famous for saying, uh, be killing sin or it will kill you. And, um, and he said that he said a book, that book by John Owen was instrumental in keeping him in the ministry. Um, cause he had some real challenges from a, from a sin side that he had to deal with. And, uh, that book by John Owen, and I think I have it somewhere. I just forget the name of it, um, is, uh, it was, was really instrumental in his life. So I think just a challenge for me to get back and dig in, obviously first and foremost to the word, but also to commentaries and books that would, uh, would give help, give light and, and, and shed encouragement from other believers too. So yeah, really appreciate Tim Keller. Yeah. And, um, I've appreciate a little bit more background uh, that you shared about him, uh, Matt, and just the way he can communicate so effectively. And and one other area I know he was involved with, which I always appreciate people who get into, they go out into the culture. They don't just stay in a church, but they engage the culture. And I think he did a nice job of apologetics work Mm -hmm. uh, on big time colleges and university campuses uh, across the country. So I appreciated him for that. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Any other uh, topics, uh, recent topics that we wanted to uh, to talk about happenings uh, before we get into the the main topic? I mean, our Vikings obviously won a, quite a game with running two quarterbacks in there and beating the hated Falcons. That was kind of fun today. Unexpected, but fun. The, the Vikings always do. Which you don't expect them to do. <laughs> that's they well are said. just well proficient said. at you know you 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 think you can size them up. I mean they'll always in the end lead to disappointment in the end, but they will have these. Uh, I I just can't believe Josh Dobbs. So five days here and he's he comes in, and, and that's one thing he gives that Cousins doesn't. He's got the ability to escape, and uh, you know Cousins ran a little bit earlier in his career, a little more, but we don't have that element and and maybe if we got a guy who can scramble around and you've got dynamic receivers who you know once the the play opens up a little bit can get open who knows who knows i mean i, I maybe this will be his best game as a viking i don't know <laughs> fun to watch 
Yeah, that thought did. That thought I, I did. A, go ahead. Go ahead, Kenny. Go ahead. Okay, That's I was going to say, no, I'll, I'll lead right into you anyways. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> we'll get there, guys. Don't worry about this, listeners. We're on the same page. Um, no, as a Minnesota fan down here in Florida, um, first off, I missed today's game because I, I watched a junior Annie performance of my daughter's best friend. So that's what I watched while I was trying to peek on my phone to see what was happening in the Vikings game. Um, but I will say, yeah, I mean, all sports, I'm excited for the Vikings in the rest of the season. Like they, they seem like they have hope. The defense is playing better. I don't know what's going to happen with the offense. Addison is really spin. Hawkinson is just beast. But I'll also talk about, you know, the Timberwolves. I am always, I'm a diehard Timberwolves fan, so I'm excited about what I'm seeing. They've had some disappointing losses already, but kind of fun. But then Don, right to you, I believe Don, a little birdie told me he was at the uh, the Wild game. Was that last night? Or was that two what? nights ago? The Rangers? And you they, were at the Rangers game? a massive game. Yeah, massive game. They're down three rip, and I'm like, I'm like, what? It, this is over. And then all of a sudden, I pull up, and I'm like, we're we're like, yeah, we're winning. So Don, take it away, man. <laughs> what was that experience like? Yeah, that was a fun time. So my work has uh, has uh, club tickets uh, to uh, to to mate to the to the games uh, at XL, and uh, I just happened to get the tickets for some reason, and and so Jen and I went. We uh, we didn't even get through our so I mean they you know they, they you go up to that club lounge thing they got they got everything you know they got all the food everything you want it's amazing it's awesome I love it you treat it like a king while you watch the game and we hadn't gotten through our salad plates by the time we were down three zero and they had pulled the goalie because he was just that bad and I was like oh this is just fantastic why do you know this is a great game can't wait for the rest of it at least I have food right but then it just yeah it was just it was a great atmosphere man that place was just howling it was so much fun to be there uh see him come back from 3-0 and and go up 4-3 <laughs> and then lose it to go 4-4 that then win in uh in uh penalty penalty shots but that was, that was fun that was that was uh that was a unique uh experience that uh that was uh fun yeah jen was uh she, jen's kind of like uh she always grew up watching the north stars and and likes hockey too but i mean it stresses her out so much that she can't really watch it as much so forcing her to actually be there and have to watch it was was entertainment enough for me as well just because she was about to come unglued <laughs> and couldn't believe what was happening so that was fun to just to be a part of that. So that was great. You wonder where my, where Elena gets it. That's exactly where she gets it. She gets it from her mother. She, she's just out of control, intense about these games. She can't even watch them half the time here at home. So, but it was fun. It was a good time. We had, we had a blast. Yeah. Wild. That was fun to watch. Yeah. T-Wolves. We'll see what happens here. But, uh, but yeah, I was thinking the same thing too, Ryan, when, you know, what would uh, KOC have with a quarterback that was uh, mobile and could throw? Boy, that would be quite the uh, uh, quite the tandem. And uh, we'll see, and it'll be interesting to see what happens as because uh, it's under contract. You know, this is playing in a contract year. So mm-hmm. will they resign him? Because, boy, getting a glimpse of somebody who can run around and scramble, make the plays extend the plays and and actually complete some passes that that was pretty impressive to watch that was a well-coached game by koc i will say hmm. 
Donna, I have to ask you, going back to the hockey game, and you were talking about being down 3-0, but eating eating good food, did that take you back to the Philly days? We didn't always play well, but sometimes we ate well, right? <laughs> yeah, Theron could sure serve up a, a good uh, dining hall meal, and yes, we would, uh, we would house us some Perkins and make some rush orders and, and uh, tally up the old... Uh, tab for uh pilly you that's for sure yeah we do how to we knew how to eat i'll give them that i'll give you that yeah excuse <laughs> me mr wendy's uh personnel we were missing 14 junior bacon cheeseburgers and 17 fry <laughs> how would they know because we ordered 175 of each <laughs> they're like fine make some more they're just they didn't even ask. They're just running and getting them. Seriously. They're just grabbing burgers off those shelves, man. Mm-hmm. Just Unreal. get us get get those get those clouds out the door as fast as we can. Yeah, I don't yeah. care what you give them. <laughs> oh, for for sure. I mean, uh, that was Coach Garrison's motto. Like, we may not play well, but we're going to eat well. And, and honestly, you know, I, Jeremy and Matt, you remember the golf days. We, we, we typically get smoked at these matches, but my favorite part, we're just <laughs> laughing at ourselves, eating well. I mean, even if it's just a Big Mac meal, you know, hey, we got, we got seven bucks on the college. We're going to we're going to yuck it up now. That was that was great. So good. Could not uh, be better. Don, have you uh, have you prepared letters to each of the, the major Minnesota sports teams? Because it seems like when you go and attend these games live, they play phenomenally. Or at least win in the end, and they're massively exciting, which would be a boon to TV and radio and everything. Yeah, you should be at these games, Don. Don, 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 and I were at a Twins game when they killed the World Series champs. Yeah, well, yeah. So parlay on that, guys. Come on, benches cleared and everything. It was a fantastic (laughs) game. I loved it. That was fantastic. Yeah, that would was. Fun. So Don and I need to attend more events Seriously. together. And I, yeah. I and Don, I think when we attended the Timberwolves game a couple of years ago, they they beat the Mavericks that night too, right? Yeah. yeah. Luca. So Luca shot horribly, but somehow put up 34 and we still won. <laughs> I'd hate to be seeing Don every week at a Minnesota event up there. Yeah. Well, I will be uh, in attendance on Wednesday, Wednesday night, uh at the T Wolves game. Uh, our uh, friend of the show uh, and Kenny's brother, uh, Greg Snow, has got some tickets for lined up for me and uh, for me and uh, Ben Bolt. So we will be uh, we'll be sitting in a in a club suite enjoying that one. So yeah, I'm living my best life right now. I tell you that that's this Man, fantastic. Well, if the Timberwolves <laughs> win, then we'll have to track that coming? next episode. They win. Who they who, who do they play? I don't even know who they play. I think they, they play New Orleans. I think it's Dora. I think it was Zion. But Don, Don, I mean, about the last episode, is the colon doing okay with all this food and all these feasts? <laughs> right? Good point. Hey, Got to take one for the That's team. Got to take, take one for the team. Got to take it for the team. Okay. No? So that should give you your answer right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, want uh, Don, once you take it away and uh, lead us into our main topic, which should be uh, pretty exciting. All right, gentlemen, this is going to be fun. Um, first, let me uh, let me change something. I got to change my hat here. Oh boy. Oh. Good right there. Oh. I cannot wait. I got my tinfoil hat. Yes. Complete the ensemble. Oh. 
just playing perfectly into my questions for you, Don. I can't wait to roll this. All right, boys. <laughs> Aliens and UFOs and uh, and the uh, Christian, looking at it through a Christian perspective. I'm not sure if you guys know about this, know this about me. But ever since I was a little boy in Plymouth, Minnesota, I was fascinated about space. I think it had to do growing up in the 80s with movies like Space Camp, uh, Flight of the Navigator, E.T., Star Wars, Mm -hmm. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I loved getting lost in my own imagination about that stuff and wondering what was beyond the sun, moon, and stars. Was it possible aliens existed? Did people with stories of encountering UFOs really happen? Did people who were reported by being abducted by aliens and live to tell about it was that or were the, was it real or were they just making it up and man i wanted to believe and at times i think i did but why do we have report after report of ufo ufo encounters beginning with all the way back to begin with roswell in the late 1940s to just a few weeks ago or a month ago with the whistleblowers testing uh testifying in front of congress of actual encounters and video evidence of ufos uh, and or UAPs uh, happening to these military witnesses that they had out there. Highly credible experts in flight and aerial combat were testifying to these encounters. But here we are, yet no closer to an answer of what these people saw. In the 90s, man, my UFO and alien, alien ad- uh, addiction continued to be fed uh, with the television show X-Files. Man, I love that show. I still love that show. I'll, watch, I'll, I'll probably watch it X-Files tonight before I go to bed. <laughs> love this show. So much so that every Sunday night, I had to watch it before heading south down uh, Highway 35W to Pillsbury. Something Jen, my wife, to this day still won't let me forget because of instead of spending time with my girlfriend, I was we were sitting it in... Uh, sitting on a couch at my parents' house and uh, waiting for our frozen pizza to be uh, done in the oven. And we have to watch that latest episode. She hated it. She hates it to this day. She'll she'll remind me anytime she even sees it on. I even talked to her somehow to go into a, go to a Halloween party at Bobby Lundquist's house for, uh, dressed as uh, Fox Mulder and Dana Scully. It was fantastic. Even in my 30s and 40s, I would still love watching UFO documentaries. I love watching all of it. And after watching so many hours with the grainy footage of some person's home video shot on their little camcorder, a tiny speck that they claim is a UFO, or these creepy tales of unexplainable encounters with non-human-like creatures roaming the woods, I was still no closer to the truth. And did aliens and UFOs exist? Well, as you might ex- as expect, that these last five years have been nothing short of stellar for UFO fanatics like me. And the U.S. government has all but admitted there is a lot going on out there they can't explain. So much so that they, you know, like we saw, called expert witnesses to testify of their experiences. Whistleblowers holding their own press conferences detailing unexplained events and the sound and it sounded and it sounded more like a science fiction movie than a real life event so i began to ask myself again why now and that's a question i've been learning to ask myself a lot lately after living through a quote-unquote pandemic and does the existence 
of aliens contradict the gospel? And how should Christians respond to this alien UFO phenomenon? So, Mr. Producer, would you play cut one? Go. The U.S. government is set to release an unclassified report on UFOs maybe as early as next week. What was once considered a joke is now seen by a lot of people as a genuine national security issue. Ex-government officials are increasingly outspoken about it. Even former President Barack Obama conceded this month there are things that they simply cannot explain. What is true, uh, and I'm, I'm actually being serious here, is, is that um, there are uh, there's footage and records of objects in the skies that we don't know exactly what they are. Imagine a technology that can do six to 700 G-forces, that can fly at 13,000 miles an hour, that uh, it can evade radar, and that can fly through air and water and possibly space, and oh, by the way, has no obvious signs of propulsion, no wings, no control surfaces, and yet still can defy the natural effects of Earth's gravity. That's precisely what we're seeing. I had one, I remember the conversation very well. Um, this is a person I respected tremendously, very, very senior person. He told me, he said, Lou, I want you to stop, stop doing this. I said, okay, sir, I, I certainly can, but may ask why? And he says, well, we already know what it is. Now, at that moment, I, I honestly thought maybe it was our own technology. I was running up against some super uber secret sap, and, uh, you know, they were telling me to stop. And I said, okay, sir, so, so it's ours? And he said, no, that's not what I'm saying. And he said, uh, he asked me point blank, have you read your Bible lately? And I wasn't quite sure where he was going with that. And I said, well, sir, I, 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 I think I know what it says. What, where are you going with this? And he said, well, then you would know that these things are, are demonic and we should not be pursuing them. Yeah. And uh, I, I, he, was, he wasn't kidding. He was, that's exactly how, how he felt. So this is a Pentagon. And, this is a DO, Department of Defense official uh, saying, stop looking at UFOs because they're demonic. Correct. All right. So a few months ago, I listened to a podcast. It's called uh, the podcast called Cultish. I don't know if you ever heard of it, but I highly recommend it. And this podcast is a program that explores the impact of the cults from a theological, a sociological, a theological, I said theological, sociological, and psychological perspective. And so they dedicated 10 episodes to UFOs and, and aliens and entitled it Alien Revelations. And in fact, if you go to their show page, uh, it's called thecultishshow.com. You can listen to them all for free. And this is by far the most comprehensive and exhaustive reporting on the topic I've ever experience or taken in production values off the charts so if you're looking for something to binge hmm. and you've always wondered about the ufo topic and how it should be viewed through a biblical lens please give this a lesson i'd love to hear your thoughts on it but what i've discovered over the last couple of years that there is this usual cast of characters on the pro ufo front in fact, in that past, in that last video, the Luis Elizondo, who you just heard from in the in that first clip, he led the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. 
It's called ATIP. Now, ATIP is an, uh, was an unclassified but unpublicized investigatory effort funded by the U.S. government. And it was intended to study unidentified flying objects or unexplained aerial phenomenon, UAPs. Now, the, for, the program was first made public in December of 16, 2017. The program began in 2007 and with funding of $22 billion over the five years until the available appropriations were ended in 2012, the program began in the U.S. Defense Intelligence Agency. And according to the Department of Defense, the ATIP ended in 2012, about after five years. However, reporting suggested that the U.S. government programs continued to investigate UFOs, and this was confirmed back in June 2020 with the acknowledgement of a similar military program called the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force. Now, Luis Elizondo led the ATIP program. And then there's also this other individual that I've come across a lot. Another individual who seemed to pop up and he was looking uh, uh, into uh, the UFO phenomenon and his name was Dr. Stephen Greer. And St Dr. Greer is a certified transcendental meditation teacher and has a cult following uh, for the work he does on UFOs and alien contact. In fact, Dr. Stephen Greer admits that most of the UAP or UFO sightings are man-made. And most likely government craft that has been reversed engineered through a top secret program kept hidden from the American people by the U.S. government. And I think he has some uh, some good things to say about this idea of UFOs being man-made. But where he goes off the rails is when he talks about understanding how we, just regular human beings, can make contact with alien life. In his documentary, which I watched, is called Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. Uh, the first half is your usual UFO unexplained phenomenon, you know, testimonies and stuff like that. But the second half, it takes a dark turn and it goes into this new age self-entitlement tour de force that talks about how we can make contact with and interact with extraterrestrials. In fact, he has developed and documented how we can use conscious thought that can interface with technology to communicate with extraterrestrials. And in 2022, he led a workshop in the desert and uh, posted an invite on his Facebook page. This is, I went to his Facebook page. You can see it it's there. It says heading to contact in the desert this year, tickets available. This was back in March 11th, 2020. The workshop's called Understanding Consciousness, Remote Viewing and Contact. And it says, Dr. Greer will discuss higher states of consciousness, entanglement, remote viewing, lucid dreams, and more. He will explain the importance of these factors in making contact and how they are applied to the CE5 protocols. Now, Dr. Greer has, Dr. Greer has developed these CE5 protocols to make contact with extraterrestrials. And he talks about it in this next clip where he uses uh, deep meditation to make contacts with with an alien. Uh, so Mr. Producer, play clip two, go. This event happened where again, there was a part of me that says, you know, you wanna pinch yourself. Is this true? Can this really happen? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I was back in North Carolina and I was up uh, near Blowing Rock out in the Blue Ridge, off the Blue Ridge Parkway. 
And I had a, a housemate. We had this little uh, two-bedroom place on the lower level of a house overlooking Grandfather Mountain. It's a 6,000-foot mountain out in the Blue Ridge. And I suddenly realized, you know, I want to try this. It just came to me. So I go into quiet meditation. Again, I'm doing this before I go to bed, which, you know, be careful what you do right before you get to bed. <laughs> uh, a lot of cool things can happen. You got to be ready for it. Uh, and so I go into this deep meditation and I ask the ETs to come and visit where I am. And again, I expand my awareness, go into this state where I can sense, see where they are. I introduce myself and in a spirit of, of peaceful contact, invite them to come to where I'm located there. But kind of being, I guess in a sense, looking back on it rather childish about it, I said, well, if you don't remember who I am, I grew, I was born and grew up in Charlotte, so I show them and guide them to the city of Charlotte and the part of town I grew up in. And then from there, guide them up to the Blue Ridge Mountains Northwest. And sure enough, it turns out, uh, I go to sleep, <laughs> I wake up and there's this kind of blue craft, maybe 20 feet outside the window with this energy, this beam of energy coming in. And inside my room yeah. was an ET, but not materialized. You could, I could sense it, its intelligence, uh -huh. and it was there. Now my roommate at this point, uh, who's in a bedroom next door, wakes up and sees this craft right outside the window and can feel the consciousness of this ET in the house. Wow. So, he comes running out and runs in. He says, what did you do? And he's like, yeah. but he was very upset in a sense about it because I, I hadn't warned him I was going to do this. And uh, at that point, this, this ET, which was sort of almost like a hologram, you could sense it, yeah. but it wasn't fully materialized yet because they can go in and out of dimensions. Right. Vanished. The craft then moved around to the front of the house. So we run out into the living room. Yeah. There's a big picture window with, it was nighttime. But off in that direction is Grandfather Mountain. And it goes in front of the lit picture window and it goes, whoosh, makes an arc and goes out and kind of makes a loop over Grandfather Mountain. Beautiful. And vanished. I said, oh, wow. They're still able to do this or I'm still able to do this. Yeah. We did an ethnography looking back and found that there were many, many people who had done, uh, had close encounters of the fifth kind types experiences. And in ancient cultures, mm -hmm whether it was drumming or chanting, they would have get into a state of coherence yeah. as a group and have a contact experience, the wow. star people. Now, before I get into what Dr. Greer just said, let me just make my first, my first point, uh, one of two points here about aliens and UFOs. Number one, it is my belief that these encounters people are having with UFOs or UAPs, as they're called now, these craft people are seeing are, are one of two things. Actual craft, the first thing is, one of, one of the things they could be is actual craft made by the U.S. government or, God forbid, a, a, another nation or foreign government. And I do believe the U.S. government has highly sophisticated craft in its possession. In fact... I hope they do well, have military secrets they're not telling us about because, you know, if, 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 uh, if they're not telling, I mean, if, if, if we know what we know, 
you know, we got planes, we got rockets, we got intercontinental ballistic missiles, ballistic missiles. You know, if if that is all we got, well, then we're not much better than the Chinese or Russians, supposedly. So I do believe that the U.S. does have some sort of ace up their sleeve, perhaps, if you will. Now, secondly, if they're not made man-made craft, then what these people are witnessing is something demonic or angelic. People are witnessing craft that does not abide by the basic laws of physics. When people see these, these UFOs, there's no sonic booms. They're never heard. And when these craft shoot off into space, these massive air vacuums are not being created when spaceships fly overhead at these unimaginable speeds and disappear into the sky. Science somehow does not apply to these craft. In case in point, everybody and their mother has seen the tic-tac video footage right this little tic-tac video footage of a u.s naval squadron who used their fighter jets to lock on with their radar to this uh, uap they discovered it defies the laws of physics and a cbs article uh, dated uh july 26th of this year says uh took a little clipping of it. it says retired navy commander david fravor was commander of his f-18 squadron uh, on the USS Nimitz when he says he spotted the object during a flight off the coast of Southern California on November 14th, 2004. And in a 2021 interview with 60 Minutes, Fravor, a graduate of the Top Gun Naval Flight School, also spoke about what he saw. He and Lieutenant Commander Alex Dietrich were training with the Nimitz Carrier Strike Group about 100 miles southwest of San Diego. At the time, advanced radar on the ship that was part of their training group, the USS Princeton, detected that operators called multiple anomalous aerial vehicles over the horizon, descending, get this, at 80,000 feet in less than a second. Fravor and Dietrich diverted to investigate. Fravor says, I said, dude, do you see that thing down there? And we saw this little tic-tac looking object. And it was some kind of, it was just, just kind of moving up above the whitewater area, Fravor told 60 Minutes. And during the training exercise, Fravor and Dietrich each had a weapons system officer in the backseat of their F-18. There was four of us in the airplanes literally watching this thing for roughly about five minutes, Fravor said. Fravor went in for a closer look. He described the tic-tac object mirroring his movement, saying it was aware we were there. The object was about the size of Fravor's F-18 with no markings, no wings, no exhaust plumes. And whenever Fravor tried to cut off the UAP, it accelerated so quickly that it seemed to disappear. He said it was detected roughly 60 miles away less than a minute later. Again, defying the laws of physics. Now, this is maybe where we differ. And I don't know how you guys think about this or any of our listeners think about this. You may be convinced that these UFOs have come up with an answer to the Earth's laws of physics and interstellar flight. Where instead of them making taking millions of years just to get to Earth, they can pop into Earth's atmosphere play tag with our antiquated million-dollar combat toys, and then disappear without a trace. No contact, just out joyriding the, the galaxy. And that's fine. You can believe that. I may, I may, I'm 
probably I'll have zero respect for that opinion, but you know, you do you. I believe that these sightings, that TikTok was from another dimension, part of the spiritual world where demons and angels exist. And the beings of that, of that realm can pass into our existing realm. And we are typically talking about an object now that leaves no heat trace, no audible sonic boom, an, an object that just materializes and dematerializes. You don't have to be a Christian to, ex to explain what that sounds like. And in that last video, did you catch where Dr. Greer said that alien, that alien was able to cross dimensions? Once again, a being, being able to pass, pass between dimensions. So my second point is, I think alien abductions and alien contact is a demonic and points to demons trying to confuse and deceive the contactee with the person with, with the ex exquisite purpose to make God seem irrelevant. Second Corinthians four, three and four, it says, if the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. When we talk about UFOs and aliens, I believe we're talking about spiritual activity. And as Christianity has become more and more of an afterthought in our society today, we rely uh, more on our own understanding and then willfully neglect the scriptures to come up with our own conclusions as to what's happening in the sky. The fact is that the spiritual realm and, the, and this earthly realm come in contact with each other. And it's also demonstrated throughout the Bible, such as in Genesis 6. Uh, 2 Kings 6, Ezekiel 1. Uh, these are things that you, I'd love for you guys to you know, dig into or, 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 or seek out. And a former uh, Pillsbury professor really opened my eyes to this. Uh, Dr. Michael Heiser, I don't know if you guys remember him. We, uh, he just recently actually passed away from cancer. I think it was the end of last year. He did some amazing work um, on the subject of what he calls the unseen realm. He even has some documentary films on YouTube. You, you just Google Dr. Michael Heiser, you, Heiser, you'll find some great documentary in, in, in conferences that he spoke at. Um, and I uh, really encourage you guys to go out and watch it. But the Bible has some very, very interesting things to say about this unseen realm. And it's a very important topic to be understood if we as Christians really want to flesh out of this topic of, of aliens and UFOs. Uh, Mr. Producer, clip three, go. You have a message now to give to humankind about the world's destiny, about what we need to do to evolve. I think it's deeply sinister. I think some of it could actually be overtly demonic. In other words, the mechanism that produces this set of memories can be different. I, I personally have a friend, two friends who uh, focus on abduction research. They've documented over 100 cases where they will either lead someone to Christ or 
train a person to make it a spiritual confrontation when whatever is happening to them happens and they have been delivered from repeated abduction experiences. In other words, they stop. If that's successful, to me that, that says that there's, an, there's some inherent spiritual element to this particular thing within this big umbrella world we call UFO stuff. But since it's inherently spiritual and it's evil and it's wicked, a lot of UFO researchers are the enemies of the whole subject. They think it's contrived or they think it's abusive. They don't think it has anything to do with aliens at all. I think ultimately, uh, if this is the content of the messaging, it's so directed, again, in anti-Christian or subversion of Christian theology that it's very easy for me to think of it in terms of a deception uh, by, again, a, a superior intelligence, but not one that comes from another planet. We're talking about a sinister intelligence from the spiritual world, the kind of unseen realm that the Bible talks about. And we would use the word demons, demonic, for that sort of thing. It's actually much wider than that. Again, my specialty is the unseen realm, and that realm is a lot bigger than just angels and demons. But for the sake of talking about the messaging, it's really dark. It's no exaggeration to say that the messaging that people supposedly get from aliens is inherently anti-Christian. And what I mean by that is Jesus is nothing special. He's a human that we selected to communicate to other people. Or he's one of us. And it really doesn't do that to other religions. And that might sound like a unsubstantiated claim, but I can say it because I have read the contactee literature. If you've ever seen the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind, one of the characters in that movie, the French ufologist, is modeled after someone real, Jacques Vallée, who's a very famous figure in UFO studies. He's a computer science PhD, that was his real vocation. But Vallée, who is not a Christian, was one of the earliest people to say and to write for this audience that there is something spiritually sinister about this alien contact messaging. So it's not just me. There are non-believers, non-Christians, who have noticed the same thing. Ephesians uh, 6.12, we all know the verse, we've heard it before, we, we've quoted it here on the podcast a lot. It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. I think we're dealing with a highly organized demonic foe whose sole purpose is to destroy the message of the gospel of Christ. And as Christians, we are called to defend the gospel. Second Peter, Second Peter 3.15, um, it says here, I just lost to here. It says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. I think it's time as Christians, we start taking God's word literally and defend the supernatural saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm going to take my tinfoil hat off for good now. I'm never going to take this thing off. I don't believe it anymore. I, I'm I'm done with it. 
I've found my answers. I found it in the scriptures. And I think, I think if we as Christians are serious, we can all find our answers for everything we need within that, within that book. So gentlemen, what are your thoughts on this? Or, or do you have any questions? What, do you think that aliens and UFOs are a tool of the devil to minimize Jesus Christ in the gospel message? Or am I just completely off my rocker and I need to go settle down about this? <laughs> okay, go ahead, Jeremy. Go ahead. All right. So, Don, I did do my homework, unlike Ryan, <laughs> who admittedly didn't do his homework. And I watched these videos and I just sat on them for a little bit thinking like, okay, where's this going? Two two comments about the videos just in general. Number one, I was super happy to know that somebody in the Department of Defense told that guy, uh, like, have you read your Bible recently? And had the nuts to be able to tell him that and say that and be like, yes, I know what's going on. And it's not the U.S. And it's not any other nation, at least, you know, what what he led on to. So kudos to that guy. I was just pumped to see it. The second thing came at the last at the you know the last one we watched where it's interesting to know that comments that um made about these encounters or whatever you want to call them uh, the extraterrestrials only target or seem to target Christianity or Jesus Christ himself and not mention any other religions at all. This seems to be a voluntary point made by the extraterrestrials and, and what they're, you know, maybe kind of pointing out or the presence, whatever, um, and not something that the human was even asking for or even, you know, was, was you know, trying to, trying to, you know, summon as far as whatever that is concerned. So those two thoughts came to my mind. Um, Don, I do have some questions and I, I want to go back to Ephesians 12 in just a moment, all right? But my, here are my questions, um, and, and maybe others can, can an, you know, answer and jump in. Uh, but which, is it important to identify which realm that these things are in to maybe understand like where in the satanic matrix they are, if there are truly different levels of this. And I think you can, I think you can prove that by Ephesians 6, 12, because I believe there's four categories. So let me, let me go through them. I think there are flesh and blood. I think that's one category. And what, what would you guys say flesh and blood is? What is flesh and blood? Humans. It would be it would be humans, right? Okay, so I believe that's one category. The second one would be rulers and authorities. Who's that? And what is that? The political figures. Okay, so I would define that as perhaps world leaders or individuals. I mean, we even mentioned, you know, some some on our show tonight that are extremely powerful in their positions and I believe are actively being used by Satan. So that's group number two. Group number three, I believe the ESV puts it as cosmic powers. And cosmic powers, the Greek word for cosmic powers is cosmic fat, or I think how you say it, depending on how, how that's pronounced. And you Greek scholars out there, correct me. But I do know, looking up some of the definition here, it's it's that the cosmic powers would, would be defined as the ruler of this world, that is, of the world as asserting its independence of God, used the angelic or demonic powers controlling the sublimary world 
and sublinary meaning that um it it we are we are humans and and that is not so so as opposed to a spiritual spiritual world as opposed to a human world so i believe the cosmic powers is another level and then the spiritual forces i do believe as relating to the realm of the spirit completely the invisible sphere if you will all right so back to my question don throwing it back to you is it important that we identify which category those you know that that thing that we see the the craft the encounter is it important to know which of those four categories or do we just lump it all into one category and say it's satanic and we should just you know let it go i mean where are you at with that well going back to uh ephesians uh 6 12 um and you said uh, I think I think the translations are a little different because I have the uh, I have are. the new they are they, I, and, and that's where I think we get in, I, I I think the New King James says it is that's what I read from uh, going old school but uh, I said it for and he they say the uh, again again against flesh and blood but against not against flesh and blood which I think we agree on is is humans but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. I think those descriptions are pointing to uh, the the unseen realm, as Dr. Michael Heiser would say it. So everything, everything excluding flesh and blood, you're saying? Mm -hmm. Okay, so I, I think for you a I think it, I, yeah, I mean, I get it. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's a matter of interpretation, but I think it's a highly structured organism, organ, organism that the ruler of darkness has set up, and I think we take that for granted. And I think when we say that, you know, um, yeah, I just, I just think that those, I think that, I think that's where how I interpret that that passage. All right, so I think we're on the same on the same page there as far as that's concerned, um, and I I would use the word Don. I would use the word that Satan is extremely, or I would even use the word supremely sophisticated in this. That that we just we are completely blind to most of the things that are happening, and I believe that's God's grace to us right now because if we knew about all this stuff, our minds would be so blown that we would we'd struggle we would i i think i would really struggle with just straight up fear if i saw everything that was going around mm -hmm. that was de right. demonic did you guys ever read like this president Dar darkness piercing the darkness or the oath did you guys yeah. read those frank peretti wonderful author. yeah mm -hmm. uh, that I never read that in that in high school opened mm -hmm. my mind to all of this and i mm -hmm. i legitimately loved those books i hated reading in high school but i read all those books and i could not put them down because i was just fascinated by what is out there and it just brought my eyes to to those things okay so one more or two more questions i have don have you personally had one of these experiences and if so could you please elaborate no i have never had an experience Closest okay. I had was, was was seeing some Starlink uh, satellites float across the sky. That's as close as it came about six All months right. ago. All right. I'm prepared with a follow-up. <laughs> Do you have any close acquaintances or friends that have had these experiences? 
Well, I can't, I can't think of any. No, I can't. Okay. Have any of you guys had any of these kinds of, of experiences or know anybody that have had these types of experiences? So I, I mean, I'll jump in here. I have, I actually have a, well, I don't want to be very specific, but yes, yeah, somebody that's related to me who swear. I mean, it's, it's not like this type of a, like a demonic UFO, but she's like, yeah, I saw a UFO came out of the lake and just, they were eating at dinner in Lake city and this something came out of the lake and just flew away. She's like, I'm not saying it's alien. And I, I used to make fun of her for this. Like, I'm like, I'm like, okay, whatever. And she's like, well, it, it's, we didn't know what it was. So it's a UFO. I'm like, well, sure. I guess by that definition, it is a UFO. Cause you didn't know what it was and it was flying. And like, but maybe you were just seeing things, but, um, but again, I don't know how, I don't, it did, it wasn't anything that was like, you know, felt personally or whatever, but you know, this got me thinking, um, you, you guys know that I, I firmly believe that the movies, Hollywood, um, I, I believe they tell us the truth through, um, through whatever this is, you know, through, through, through these movies, um, you know, they, and, and Don, I was the opposite. I was never very, very enthralled in uh, alien type movies. Um, I do remember there was a show, there was a show that I was for whatever reason called V. I don't know if you guys remember the show V Love back that in the show. day. I was like, I had to see creepy. that show. That was creepy. But, but thinking back to what I have seen in these alien movies, I mean, they really all do look demonic. Like everything that's involved with an alien does feel demonic. So then it makes me wonder, like, are they trying to desensitize, you know, non-Christians specifically to these demons, to these aliens, to whatever they are as that they're aliens, but what they are, but so maybe they're more accepting when they do come into somebody's presence. I believe I mean, yeah, no, nobody here, no Christian that I know has had this, these experiences. Um, it feels like we maybe are protected from whatever this is. If, you know, if it's even real, which I do feel there's some sort of reality to it. Um, uh, and maybe we're just fortunate. Like you guys already mentioned that we don't, we don't have to encounter these things because we have Christ in us and we're virtually untouchable, but maybe these, maybe the movies, maybe they know something. The fact that they said, don't go don't go near it have you read your bible this is demonic like that is pretty that's kind of a wow factor i mean that somebody said that like we know what this is stay away from it and maybe maybe it's real so like i said probably not a lot of uh depth there in what i just said but i i think uh it's definitely opening up some eyes and i know my wife has a has a book on the unseen realm and she's read it and i i sadly have not engaged deeply with it but i am uh, pretty intrigued on reading that book <laughs> at this point so yeah, it's, it's interesting well thank you for that i i want to follow up with just an experience i had and it was on a mission trip and it was in africa there wasn't i didn't see a, a, a craft i didn't see an edifice i didn't see a hologram i didn't see an extraterrestrial but when I was in Africa on a mission trip and we were in church and the missionary came to us and said about a mile that way, which wasn't actually really a mile, it was more just maybe a couple of blocks, if you will, there was a 
a, a practicing witch doctor that was outside their their residence, their house, beating a drum, and local people were coming to his worship service or what he was doing. At the same time, we were going to church. And I know for a fact, okay, this is my my feeling and just what I knew um, to be happening in my own mind, in my own life, and just in, in what was taking place. I, I felt like I could really feel the tension between Almighty God and We lost Sheaf. Oh boy! With that, that's, if that's, that's not creepy, uh, that's creepy, man. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> an alien out there. <laughs> Look at the—he's I mean, at least he's praying. So, yeah, <laughs> he just Fro got frozen. The praying position is good, Jeremy. So stay with that. <laughs> the mother, she's looking up at the mothership right now, just right for. Oh boy! Oh yeah, we lost him. But yeah, Boy. <laughs> well, yeah. can't make that up, can you? <laughs> hey, well played by Shave. I mean, that's that's impressive. Yeah, that's. Oh my goodness! Wow. Well, look at the time, guys. I think it's time to call it call it a night. Yeah. Oh, what are you talking about? I'm staying on with you guys all night. <laughs> I'm staying up with the night. Exactly. <laughs> Ain't hanging up. Hey, until uh, he gets back here, just, just for the fun of it, while you guys were talking about the different translations and what they say, I went to another Bible to see what it had to say. And the message says this. This is no weekend war that we'll walk away from. And forget in a couple of hours. This is for keeps. A life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. That's Ephesians 6.12 from the message. Interesting. Helpful. Well, <laughs> will pump you up. Rah, rah. <laughs> yeah, that was verse 12, I think. In verse 10, it says, and that about wraps it up. So, for whatever it's worth, I, I, I you know, I, I'm not calling this a good Bible translation, but um, as as Jeremy and Don were going back between some of the language used in different translations, I thought, oh, I wonder if this will try to simplify it for us, but <laughs> maybe may a bit much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's it's certainly interesting thoughts. I my take on it, my take on it, and I've actually had discussions with my barber who is. Uh, I wouldn't say is like a like a practicing uh Christian. Is that S? <laughs> that there there he is texting. All right, he's still living. That's that's pretty cool. <laughs> so Jeremy's still good. He'll hopefully joining us soon. Um but anyway, I do think it's tied to, you know, Don, I I'm I'm with you. I I don't I don't think it's like I don't think there are there is life on another planet per se. Um, I'm obviously I'm not God. He can do whatever he wants and, and those types of things. But I, I think, I think the earth is unique. Um, the heavens show forth his handiwork, but I don't think there's other life forms, uh, out there. Uh, but I do think they're tied very distinctly to the political and ruling realm of the, of the world. And I think, you know, just take a look back at recent history. Um, 
you know, and just kind of showing that God's in control, you know, that Trump won in 2016 and basically flipped everybody's script in the whole entire world up. And they were, that was not going to happen again in 2020. So um, now can you prove it? But you had this massive pandemic that just changed the course of everything, right? I mean, he's heading into the last year of his presidency, rocking and rolling, and that completely upended him and he screwed it up. You know, he's got to hopefully at some point he'll take some ownership for that, that he could have led better uh, in that. Um, but it, what, what I think, um, is that they're setting up something to happen with these, this alien thing to really impact the 2024 election and maybe change how we do life permanently. Um, which makes me think there could be reason for what uh, Ryan says, 2026 could be an interesting year. Um, but you just see all these things happening that, you know, at some point it's either going to get exposed or it's going to it's going to lead to like uh, something that's just got a death grip on power. So I think it's all about uh, they're, they're setting up for power. And I think it's just interesting how it's come before the, you know, the Congress and you've got more substantiated uh, witness statements, more substantiated evidence of these things, which basically is setting up the public to be like, Hey, this, this is not just ET on a movie. Um, this is something that could be real. And so if something does come up, they're able to use that and the, use the fear to control. So I think it's very politically motivated, um, which ties right into Ephesians 6.12, my take on it. Yeah. Uh, Don, very well put together presentation. I uh, When you put the tinfoil hat on, of course, I, I was like, uh-oh, I wonder if we're going to get into the realm of... Um, just conspiracies and uh but uh you you put a lot of thought and time and research into that so thank you for that and i i i'm with you on this i i'm familiar with heiser um even though i didn't do the homework you sent me which were a few minutes of videos i i have watched an hour of that youtube um video he's put out about the unseen realm so i am very familiar with it and um it's kind of been you know, poo-pooed a little bit or hush-hushed a little bit in Christian circles because it's almost like this whole new paradigm of thinking and looking at the Bible in a whole new different way, which to me is really interesting. And I can't really refute it. I mean, I, I've not delved into everything he said, but it makes you look at some of these passages that, that talk about the gods that are mm -hmm. in the universe, uh, yet there's the supreme God, but there are plenty of verses that mention other gods uh, giving credence to what he has shared. So I think I'm with you. I think I'm with you on what you shared that um, it, all of these, whatever they are, as rare as they are, um, tie back to th that realm that we we typically don't see or, or hear from. My, my only question for you is, was that a fossilized demon they presented in Mexico? We know what that was. They went to the beach the local beach in, in Mexico. And they had like a, a contest to make uh, like a sandcastle in the, in the form of an alien. And like the two best ones were just like preserved and then taken there is my take on it. Cause that looks like just like a sandcastle creation. Even the coloring was like sand. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you couldn't do better than that. Like that's a cross between like <laughs> ET and Yoda. Yeah. You know, or something <laughs> like that is what it looked like to me. Like you couldn't even, it, it, it was so silly. It was, it was a great presentation. A lot of drama, the way he unveiled that. <laughs> yeah, that. yeah, seriously. 
Yeah, I think yeah. it was debunked. I think that was debunked like the next yeah. day. There, I think those weren't real. Those were just somebody's uh, little uh, claymation project or something, whatever they, they came yeah. up with. He's a regular on the circuit of lunacy, though, is what it sounds like. Like he's a big, <laughs> he's tried to you know, pawn these things off or things like it uh, in the past. So who's this? Who's that? The 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 guy that uh, that Mexico had. Uh, oh right, okay. Brought like it was that guy, and again, I don't know all the details necessarily, but um, yeah, it sounds like this is not his first foray into the uh, into the uh, the nether world. So well, update on Jeremy. He just texted his web browser died. He has no clue what's going on. So what are, what are the tell, chances? Tell him to download Google Chrome. We tell him to get right with God for crying out loud. Stop yeah. hanging out with witch doctors. <laughs> His browser will hang right. on. He might be back. Let's give it one second. The alien abduction was only probably six, seven minutes then. <laughs> well, that and they actually just put his uh, college picture on there instead of him. <laughs> so, hey, I can hear you guys. I don't know what the hay bills is going on here. Oh, there you go. Yes. And we're back. <laughs> yeah, last we had S, he was in Africa. So what? Yeah, what? What, what is the like? Jeremy, I'm Jeremy. talking about this. I'm, I'm, I'm seriously telling you guys this evil situation yeah. that I felt the tension in. My screen goes absolutely blitz blank. Yeah, you were in a different oh, so, 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 Jeremy, tell Jeremy when when alien abductions have occurred, there's usually like no loss of time. What 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 time does your watch say right now? <laughs> Nine fifty-two. Okay. Okay. okay good. Standard. Yeah, it's really him. So we're okay. I'm not kidding you. I literally, we were in Africa. We were at this church service, and the drums were going, and we could hear the faint beat of the drums. We're in, I could feel the tension. I'm telling you, I that is something that I will never ever forget. Uh, Rory Martin, those of you guys know Rory, was with me on that trip. My wife was standing right next to me. I just remember leaning over to her and saying something is just crazy in the air and she said i feel it too so mm. I, i'm telling you this stuff is real and i am mm. not i do not for one second take it lightly and it is something that i will i will obey scripture and and keep an eye out but i will also say that you know jesus christ has the power to overcome the things uh, that are hidden in the darkness. And so I, I, I cling to him. And so there's, you know, that that's all I can do because I have no power, you know, to do anything other than claim his name. And when I do, Jesus takes uh, it from that point and he's the one that's in control. He has power over it. So I'm telling you guys that whatever the experience was there and what it is now, I, I believe that that Satan is at the controls and uh, he wants he wants us to believe that those powers that we see are the things that we can't explain are more powerful than God. And it's just not true. God is more powerful than them. Hmm. That's, a, that's a that's a great way to wrap up the uh, wrap up yeah. the conversation. It's great to have you back, Jeremy. We're glad that yeah. you were texting because it was right. it was it was a little freakish. You you like you like froze in this praying position, so we took we took you know, hope in that that you at least praying if 
the aliens came to abduct you, but it was that was kind of a weird thing, man. That's totally <laughs> not planned, man. We, this yeah. is not like oh, let's concoct this thing and make it look. That's Jeremy. That was that was kind of wild. It happened. Yeah, yep. it was kind of wild. So, all right. Well, Kenny's going to right. uh, Kenny's going to lead us in uh, in got a new game. So tell us all about right. it, Kenny. gentlemen. We're just going to do a little bit of family feud here. We're going to have I got four questions for you guys. Um, I randomly picked the order of who's going to answer first. It's going to be Ryan, then Matt, then Don, then Jeremy. Um, and then again, each question will rotate. So everybody will get a chance to answer first. And uh, we'll have every, everybody will get uh, basically two chances to answer a question um, until, until the uh, answers are done. So the first question. So, so this I, is family feud. You family said, feud. so whoever... you're, you're trying to, so Ryan, it's not going to be, it's, you're going to get the chance to answer first. You're going to, of course, try to get the top answer. There's top points answer. assigned. Okay. Yeah. There's points assigned to each one of them. I'll be tallying those points as you, uh, as you answer and uh, we'll declare a winner at the end. So Perfect. first question, I wanted to keep this pretty simple. Okay. Um, so the first question is the 10 plagues of Egypt. <laughs> Ryan, what's your first answer? Water to blood. Water to blood is the third answer. You get 15 points. 15 people said that one. All right, uh, Matt, what do you got? Uh, killing of the firstborn. Killing of the firstborn is the number two answer for 18 points. Oh, man. All right, Don, what do you got? I got the number one answer. Don't worry, don't worry. Everybody settle down. Did you just Google it? Don't. No. <laughs> That's why you're on mute? <laughs> no. Kenny, look. It is... Locusts. No. Oh God! Ding, 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 ding. That is the number one answer. What? That's what I was going to say. Twenty-four Locusts? people said that. Twenty-four people. Hey, this is people. This is a survey of a hundred people, and that's. Did you go thought, to like so. a UFO convention to ask them? <laughs> I would expect that at like a UFO convention. Hey, listen. That's it's bogus. All it's that's all good. Right. Jeremy, what do you got? <laughs> I don't just let's go with the frogs. The frogs that <laughs> is on the board, and that is only for three points. That is the number yeah. seven answer. I wouldn't Ryan, go with Locus. That, that was mine. Do I what? If you need me to repeat the answers, let me know. But Ryan, you get what what else do you got, Ryan? Do I, I get another chance to get points? Yeah, there's still points on the board. Yep. Oh, um, I'll go with uh I'll go with flies. Flies. Uh, that did not make the top. <laughs> That's. I'm, I'm gonna go wah, with. Wah. The, I'm gonna go with darkness. Darkness uh, is the number eight answer. Uh, you and two other people said that, man. Wunder. <laughs> Don, you got another one. Uh, Oh man, I don't know if I know all the flags. I'm going through the song in my head. Ah, uh, you do a countdown, the, Kenny. We keep, we keep fire, fire all night. Fire, fire, uh, fire. Yeah, fire I, is I don't think so, Beavis. Fire did not make the uh, the top eight. Uh, Shave, you got one more guess. <laughs> uh, uh, I I don't recall a, fire even being one of the plagues, but <laughs> maybe I'm assuming. I'm know. assuming. I'm assuming the boils felt like fire. Were there boils? 
Boils, uh, that is the number five answer for nine points. Oh man, oh, yeah. very nice. Wow. You guys missed. You you guys missed. Uh, well, how they worded it is live livestock pestilence. Yeah, I was gonna say eleven uh, points, yeah. and then ah. hail hail was eight points. Okay. Ah. All right. All right. Here we go. Another. So I got two Bible based, and then two that are just kind of like whatever Americana or whatever. So this right. one. Who's, who's with it? Uh, Matt. So um, quick tally, Don, because you have the number one answer, you have 24. Matt has 20. Ryan has 15. And Jeremy has 12. All right. Uh, Matt, you get to answer first on this one. Besides Satan, name a person in the Bible who is considered a villain. Wow. Uh, Judas. Judas, that is the number. And then, by the way, there's a top seven answers this time. And that is the number six answer for that five. That is tomfoolery. <laughs> six. Ridiculous. All right. Go ahead, Don. Oh, man. I don't know, man. Three, two, toolbar. I don't know. Are <laughs> <laughs> you done? Don strikes out. Jeremy, what do you got? Toolbar. Uh, the, that... <laughs> the one that comes to my mind is uh, Goliath. Oh. Uh, Jeremy, Goliath is the number one answer. Oh, yeah. wow. 28-pointer. Nice Last to first. Wow. Yeah. Ryan, what do you got? Uh, Jezebel. Yeah, it was a, that's what I was going Jezebel on. did not make the top seven. <laughs> Matt? <laughs> Matt, what do you got? Do, do these people that answered even read the Bible out of curiosity? Um, you know what? I didn't uh I didn't survey them myself. Oh <laughs> so. uh, how about pilot? Mm. Conscious oh, oh, Pilot is the number five answer. That oh, is worth eight points. Oh, yeah. Yeah, really scraping up the leaderboard there. Well <laughs> played. Well Don, played. <laughs> Don, did you think of one? Doobal, doobal. The, an- <laughs> the Antichrist. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That seems like a good answer. That is not on the board. So you what? Oh, come on, <laughs> man. Don. That's like the best answer out there. Give me a break. <laughs> it's not how the it's not how the uh, surveyors uh, thought. That's not how they think. So Jeremy, you got another survey, answer. These surveys are not Bible oh, scholars. Man, all right. So I guess I mean, if I'm thinking about a whole bunch of people, they'd probably say around the birth of Christ, a Pharaoh. Let's go with Pharaoh. Yeah, yeah Pharaoh. you got mine. this. Just banging this thing. Nineteen points. The number two answer. Wow. Yeah. Is the number Very one answer nice. still out there? Uh, no, I got the number, number one. one Goliath. Goliath. Yeah, the number yeah, one is Goliath. Yeah, yeah. I went one, two. So let's see, Ryan, I think you get to wrap this one up. One more guess. What's what's the question? A villain? Yep. Besides Satan, name a person in the Bible who is considered a villain. Cain. Yeah, besides Satan and Jezebel. <laughs> Cain. Uh, Cain is on. There's a number seven answer that is worth four points. Well played. Wow. So, nice. All right. So nice. After, after this is like rounds, top golf. <laughs> I'm coming back. <laughs> Just went there the other night. It's great yeah, place. Here it comes. Uh, Jeremy. I guarantee you, you're going to push the codes in and you're yeah. going to get it. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. 
Uh, Jeremy at number one, 59 points. Matt, 33. Don, 24. Ryan, 19. Wow. All right, Don. Yes, dominating. All right, we are going away from Bible to uh, just a hodgepodge here. So, Don, you get to answer first. Um, Let's see. Name something that 100 people surveyed. Name something that might be full of holes. Uh, Swiss cheese. Oh, there! Look at Donnie. Number one answer: forty points. Don Swiss nice. cheese. Nice. That came to points. my mind. I know how the people think. I know how the people think. That's right. That's right. You got to think like the people, like the common folk. So, all right, Jeremy, what do you got? Uh, let's go with the cheese grater. <laughs> I, that no, that's a. Uh, Oh man! All right. What do you got? I'm going to go with a golf course. Oh, Oh. good answer. Again, not worth a lot of points, but that is the number six answer for two points. That is Mm. on the board, though. So well done, Matt. Um, a sieve might also be known as a colander. That's uh, pretty impressive. That is actually on the board. It's actually a colander slash strainer. And uh, that is on the board with eight points. That's the number five answer. Uh, whoa. But I'm 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 actually impressed by that. <laughs> I almost should get bonus points. Don, I agree. You... But it's not going to. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh... Don, it's you, man. Five seconds. Uh, holes. Um. Uh, three, two. My grandpa's sweater. <laughs> <laughs> that we are going to give you credit for. Close. Close <laughs> is on the board for sixteen points. Oh my! Are you goodness. serious? This that is a dead this serious. Dead serious. Um. <laughs> let's see. Where are we at on this one, Jeremy? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with a net, a net, net. Yes. A net is on the board. Number four answer for nine points. And Ryan, a screen, a screen. Look at you guys. But again, uh, just another two points. So you are the king of like, (laughs) you think like just two people. I'm about to lose it. That's about to. Killing it, Ryan. You are killing this. Matt gets one more opportunity on this one. Um, (laughs) People who share stories about alien abductions. <laughs> As in their stories. Yeah, there's their stories. They're full of holes. I'm gonna give you that one, Matt. That is correct. There's a there is a, an <laughs> alibi slash story is the number three answer. What? What? Oh no. my goodness. There's holes in the story. That's a good it's create it's creative thinking. It's, uh, uh, it's pretty oh good. my goodness. Agreed. All right, guys. We're going <laughs> to yeah, go into the last, <laughs> the last question. And, okay, so the, the tallies. Don, Don crushed that round. Absolutely. He's up points. Crushed it. Jeremy, 68. Matt, 55. And Ryan, 23. I, lo- right. I like this game. <laughs> this game it's gold places it's gold places. this one this one is only the top six answers so again there could be an advantage for uh the first two people here but 
Jeremy, you're going to get to go first on this one. Something you think that America or Americans waste money on. Hmm. Oh. Uh, I'm just going to go entertainment. Okay, hold on. It's not there. It's not there. Yeah, but the survey says uh, we're going to count that one because games or yes. toys. It's the number six answer yeah, for entertainment. Okay. Entertainment. You got what, three no. points? Six points on that one. Number six answer, six points. Ridiculous. Wow. All right, Ryan. Ryan. I'm, def- I'm definitely going to get more than two points this time. That is my goal. I'm going to go with casinos or gambling. Ah, oh, darn it. That darn is it. the number two answer. Really? Ryan, for okay. 20, 24 points. Okay. Take it. I, I'm going to come up with a number one. Okay. Playing the lottery. Uh, that's that's actually the same as what Ryan just said. Gambling. No, that's casino. Well, that's that's the same. So the, so gambling. That's all the same. You do get another chance, and they would let you. They would give you another chance, I believe, on the real game. So okay. Um, fast food. That is eating and drinking is is one of the answers. That is correct. So twelve points. That is the third answer. Twelve points. Not gonna cut it. Don, a chance to solidify the victory, possibly. Number one answer is still on the board. I am going to say clothing. Clothing. Don, that is on the board. That's the number five answer, mm-hmm. worth only eight points. So wow. the one more. So, again, you guys uh, nailed four of the six already. Again, something that waste you think America, on. something you think America or Americans waste money on. Jeremy, what else do you got? I Four. guess I'm gonna go with two uh, be- beauty products. That is not on the board. That's an axe. It's a good answer. Good answer. That is good. Yeah, Ryan, what do you think? I think I got the number one. This is called the comeback. It's gonna. It's got to be a new vehicle, a new car. That is on the board, and it's not the number one answer. So wow. that is the number four answer, worth ten points, Ryan. Yeah, I guess you're still in the 30s. <laughs> no, no, no. He he had a 24 pointer. He actually had a nice. Oh, that's time. right. That's. I right. mean, you so did he... you did solidify last place. I will I will uh, share that. Uh, really, um, I'm stuck. I'm stuck there. <laughs> you did, Matt. You got, uh, uh, got the number one answer. War slash foreign affairs. War slash foreign affairs, and ladies and gentlemen, that is the number one answer. <laughs> What wars and weapons? How can I fund a war? Yeah, America. He said America or Americans. You've got to look at it from both angles, and I chose that. Oh, how many? How many? What? What? I don't know, but our listeners have to watch this segment just to see Ryan's face of bewilderment (laughs) this whole time. Martyr. In uh, guys, in fourth place. With the participation award goes to Ryan. Third place. Third place also with a participation award goes to Jeremy with 74. So 57 for Ryan, 74 for Jeremy. Don with a commanding lead after round three with 88 points ends up in second place. Oh, no. You're the first. What is that? The first loser? 
Yep. And Matt, with that last answer, wins with 92 points. Oh, Congratulations. Oh, oh. Just call me is... Josh Dobbs. I'm going to take you down over the winning well. score. Dobbs. Last second Doing comeback. It. That was a true last second comeback. Very impressive. That That is just... <laughs> Well, because because so Ryan good. finished, yeah, because Ryan finished last, then then Kenny has to do this next time. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, correct. Fair enough. Fair you, enough. You you've got a callback. You got a callback, Kenny. Love it. Done and done. Ryan might need a few minutes before he does his uh, yeah. fix your eyes segment. <laughs> Clear his conscience and his yeah. heart. He's got to fix his eyes so he can. Ryan, help do you, do you need eyes. us to pivot? Do you need us to pivot? Do we need to have that inspiration? I tell you what, I'll give you, I'll give you a couple farm updates while Ryan just kind of soaks in here. Hey, Ryan, Ryan, hey, Ryan, just want to let you know, Schaefer Farms, we harvested a zucchini on the last day of October. Does that help you? Does that help you at wow. all? Cheer, cheer you up day. a little bit. Last I, day of I October. I, I planted zucchini really late to see how far in the fall we could harvest. And because it's been warm, uh, was able to get a very, very nice, large zucchini. Uh, and my plants were uh, were producing. They, they got a little uh, fungus on them, but we uh, figured out a way to eliminate that. And so we're going to grow zucchini way into the fall next year. The other thing I was going to mention in, in uh, you know, people watching the forecast, the winter forecast, you guys know what the winter forecast is supposed to be? As yes, far as the I, I do. Thing? What do you, I do what know. is it? Yeah. 10, for, 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 10, 10 points if you get it. Okay. For us, where we live, uh, because of El Nino, we're supposed to get less precip and warmer temps. Okay. Uh, you get 10 points, but that still puts you at fourth place because I was 20 <laughs> points above you. So down. just, just want to give you that option. Yeah, Ryan, you're right. It's it's going to be warmer. <laughs> so good. So why can't good. we have Why can't we have trivia questions based upon fact and not people slappy opinions or beliefs? <laughs> Kenny, you got to do this every night. There's just <laughs> yep. <laughs> Family feud forever. This is. Love it. I think I preferred the initials game. <laughs> that was a good game. That's a really good game. Yeah. Oh man. It, it, okay, yeah. Th thank you. Uh, do you have anything else, Schaefer Farms guy? Well, I was just going to say. I mean, it's time to turn the gardens over and uh, put your uh, put your compost. You know, the leaves in the compost pile. One one pro tip I was going to throw out there is this: a lot of people take their their leaves and stuff and put them in compost, which is fine. You can do that, um, but don't throw weeds in there. Um, you have to remember if you throw weeds in there, those seeds are just going to go in there. They're going to freeze and they're going to germinate once you put that compost and mix it back into your soil. So if you want to keep a really good, clean garden, don't throw weeds into your compost. Keep those in a separate pile, burn them, um, just get rid of them that way so that they don't contaminate your soil uh, coming in the in the uh, spring and you want to flip that compost pile over a couple times even in the winter it'll be warm inside that compost you'll be able to get it in there and do that you want to flip that over um several times um and uh so 
Yeah, enjoy those leaves and the uh, fruit that that can bring you uh, in years to come, making those really, really good um, donations to your compost. Put all the stuff, scraps from your kitchen, all that stuff in there. Um, don't put red meat, nothing with blood in it. Um, Eggshells are good. Um, and uh, and make that make that happen. You can do it in little buckets. You can do it in big uh, compost um piles um even even small compost will really add to your garden if you do the raised bed stuff uh start that right now and uh, it'll you'll you'll see great great improvements in your growing seasons uh next spring so there you go there's your pro tip thank you i'm really glad you shared that that actually was a question i was going to ask you uh what i've been doing a lot this weekend is mulch mowing my leaves uh because you know, I've got a bad back and I don't want to beg and leaves. My girls have had a cold, so they haven't been able to help me. So um, I'm trying to figure out what to do with the the leaves that I've mulched with my mower. And um, somebody told me today, don't don't put them next to your house because that invites mice. So I'm just curious, is there a good place instead of me taking them to the city compost where I can put my mulched leaves in this general area? Because right now I've got some bags of leaves and even some tubs i'm filling up right now yeah if you i mean if you have a little spot where you can you can dedicate some um space away from your house that that is right the reason the mice love that stuff is because uh, they can get under it and it's basically insulation for them and mm -hmm. so it, it creates a perfect home for them so you don't want that put it out uh, you know out in your yard somewhere uh somewhere away but if you just build yourself even you know a little or, or use one of those um, those totes that you can buy during Christmas or whatever, and just cut it, put it in there, and just let it compost. You can you can build great compost over the over the winter. Make sure it's a little bit wet and turn it over, and uh, it'll be it'll be good to go um, in about six to eight months. So it's good stuff. All right. Oh, thank you. Uh, I'll I'll just close up. I know we're probably on record pace for one of the longest podcasts we've had, and it's past Matt's bedtime for sure. So I'll uh, I'll head to our devotion for tonight. Fix your eyes. I will uh, be succinct and to the point. But I I'd say the last time or two that I've shared a devotion here on the podcast, I talked about some of God's promises that He's made to us, and I just want to read from Second Corinthians one. Uh, verses 15 through 22. And this, of course, is Paul writing a second letter to Corinthians. <clears throat> and he says, because I was sure of this, I wanted to come to you first so that you might have a second experience of grace. I wanted to visit you on my way to Macedonia and to come back to you from Macedonia and have you send me on my way to Judea. Was I vacillating when I wanted to do this? Do I make my plans according to the flesh, ready to say yes, yes, and no, no at the same time? Verse 18, as surely as God is faithful, our word to you has not been yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaimed among you, Silvanus or Silas, and Timothy and I was not yes and no, but in him, that is Jesus Christ, it is always yes. For the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us and who has put also his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. So context of this, of course, Paul, uh, the Corinthian church dealing with different issues. Paul has now had to write a second letter. 
Uh, he was hoping to get back to them during during his travels in and around Macedonia. And um, there's questions coming. He's dealing with all these false apostles, these uh, pseudo apostles. So he's trying to set the record straight. And maybe there's a sense of disappointment. Have have you ever disappointed someone or have you ever been disappointed by someone? Um, I, I, I love what Paul does here because he's trying to uh, in the midst of what seems like there's disappointment from the Corinthian believers, he then takes this opportunity to then talk about the true reliability found in Jesus Christ. And what an example that is to us. Uh, I know people can look at me and see all sorts of failings and question me, and I, I hope I can take my failings, my weaknesses, my unreliability and point to the one who is ultra reliable, and that, of course, is Jesus Christ. So just just a few certainties here, uh, because so I've, I've gone back and forth with this question. Um, when it says all of, all of God's promises are yes in Jesus Christ. So when we think about that, how, how does that become reality? Well, the first thing is, is Christ is the fullness of God in the flesh, and that's uh, Colossians 2.9 says, for in him, fullness of deity dwells bodily. And to me, as I understand the fullness of deity, I think it's more than just the attributes of God or being God. I think it includes the promises of God. So you, you combine these scriptures and you can you can see why Paul, Paul says that. Um, secondly, besides Christ being the fullness of God in flesh, he is the cornerstone of our faith. Uh, Ephesians 2.20 uh, for us, he's our cornerstone. He is what we cling to. He's the he's the foundational piece. And if you don't have that foundational piece at a steady, as you well know, uh, things go awry quickly. Interestingly, for those who do not believe, First Peter two eight, what does it say? Uh, this same cornerstone is the stumbling block for those who do not believe. And then the third certainty of Christ I want to remind us of is he is the penultimate promise of God. And this goes all the way back to Genesis 3.15. Uh, you may recall the Proto-Evangelium, uh, where, where that first promise or reference to Christ is given there in the Garden of Eden, when God says, he shall bruise your head. And that's a forecast uh, looking ahead to Christ. And so as we think about all the promises God makes to us, and we think about all these great qualities that will be part of our life, peace, joy, love, goodness, uh, fellowship, hope, heaven, all of them are great, but ultimately they are all possible because of Jesus Christ. And you look at the Gospels, we know those are the recorded stories of what Jesus, who he was and what he did when he was on this earth. Uh, but once revealed and unveiled, the New Testament is replete with Christ, the sure and steady anchor um, and, and that's why if you read through these epistles, I was just doing this in, in first Peter, um, going through this with, with our family. Uh, I think it was in the first five verses, you see Jesus Christ mentioned four times. And it's just remarkable how the writers, of course, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, make sure that our focus is on Jesus Christ. And that's why I loved that Tim Keller uh, first quote that Matt shared earlier today, who says, he is the person, he is the focus. It's not a way, 
It's not certain steps we take, certain rules we keep, but our focus must be on Jesus Christ. And so because of all this through him, we the, the passage says we utter amen, which of course is it is so. We are agreeing with, with these promises that are all guests in Jesus Christ. And maybe, guys, that's why it's become commonplace of tradition that as we close our prayer, what do we say? In Jesus' name, amen. That we go back to the one, the source of our salvation. And it's it's of great uh, rejoicing for me as I think about the reliability we have in our Savior. And just as a last note here to close up, it's it's great at the end of this passage in 2 Corinthians 1. Those of you who need another proof passage of the Trinity, you've got it there. And it says, and it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us and who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. So you've got all three members of the Trinity mentioned here. But as we know, uh, there will be one worthy and every knee will bow before the one who is the cornerstone of our salvation. So uh, I just wanted to share that word of encouragement that when you look around and feel let down by others, we've got one, a sure and steady anchor who will never let us down. All of God's promises are yes and amen through him. Amen. That'll preach. Thank you, Ryan. Well, that is a wrap on an, a fun, filled, semi-frightful episode. We all started together. Thankfully, we all ended together on this, the 5th of November, year of our Lord, 2023. This was Six in the Mix, talking faith, family, sports, and politics. Find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast content. Review us and leave a comment. Visit our Facebook page at Six in the Mix Podcast and comment on what topics you'd like us to discuss. We are also on Twitter at Six in the Mix Pod. Join us on our journey.